Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you for the prayers. Thank you for Noah and Joshua. We just pray. Holy Spirit, make this your sanctuary right now. Make this a place where we can learn of you. Lord Jesus. Lord, it says in the Gospel of John that the Holy Spirit helps us and leads us and guides us into truth. And so that is my prayer tonight, that you would help us, you would lead us and guide us into truth. Be our helper, Holy Spirit, and aid us in this journey of discovering what is true from Scripture in particular as it relates to the Jewish people as we've been looking at for the last few weeks. Lord, give us, um, uh, or open the eyes of our heart. Give us understanding tonight. And help me, Lord, uh, help me to communicate what is on your heart tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so just a quick recap because we've got some that have kind of been tracking for a couple weeks, others not um, and, and then if you're hearing this, like on a recording, then, you know, just there's notes on our website that you can just catch up real quick with. But a number of weeks ago, leaders in the body of Christ, um, that are involved in the prayer movement, they announced this, uh, 21 day fast called the Isaiah 62 fast. And it, and it really caught on worldwide and they estimate that uh, they put together a website. This is Lou Engel. This is Mike Bickle uh, and a number of networks worldwide. They put together this website, Isaiah62fast.com or .org, and it began to get translated in like, it's like a hundred different languages, uh, 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 languages right now. And, uh, and there's an estimated one to five million people praying right now uh, for these 21 days for the people of Israel. And it's going to culminate, and there's a whole backstory. Go to that website if it intrigues you. I've got a little bit here on uh, actually not the notes I gave you, but I've got lengthier notes on the website, or here I can give them to you later. Um, it's going to culminate this Sunday, which is Pentecost Sunday. There are conservative estimates that 100 million Christians worldwide We'll be praying specifically for the Jewish people this Sunday. And that is determined by uh, prayer networks that have joined together that represent certain numbers of people. So there's some in South America that represent 5 million, and then in Africa and all over the world, these, these leaders have gotten together and said, we're going to pray. And, and again, look through the story because I can't go through it all of it right now. But the, the idea is that a hundred million plus Christians are going to be praying for the Jewish people. And so we've been talking about the significance of, of that even happening. 
There, there's, there's just a, a, a lot. It takes the Holy Spirit to, to organize prayer at that level and specifically for, um, uh, for Jerusalem, Israel, and the Jewish people. And so two weeks ago, to kind of get us acclimated to, okay, what are you doing, Holy Spirit? Why are you emphasizing this? Why are so many people latching on to this vision? Um, so we looked a couple weeks ago about just getting a heart for the Jewish people in general. Because that is such a, a, a random concept to many Christians today. We, of course, are Gentile Christians. We are non-Jews. We are people who believe in Christ, but we do not have a Jewish ethnicity. And so the Bible calls us Gentiles. For Gentiles in 21st century America, we almost never think of Israel. But Scripture is very clear. They're, they're important. They're very important in God's redemptive plan. And so two weeks ago, we said, okay, if they're important, let's at least get God's heart for them. So we talked about gaining a heart of love for Jerusalem, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. And then last week, we talked about Paul's uh, commentary in Romans, Romans 9, 10, 11, and 12, understanding the mystery of how the, both the Jewish and Gentile uh, uh, Christians it's kind of this interwoven plan to to see one another saved. Um, and we, we unpacked that for about an hour last week. That's all on, on notes, and so I'm not going to redo that or rehash that much. But tonight is kind of we're getting to the culmination point, and then we're going to probably tease this out for a few more weeks. And, and I know every week there's different people, and so I have to do a little bit of recap each week. But tonight we're going to zero in on a statement Paul made that is, of course, affirmed in Old Testament Scripture. Paul made a statement that all Israel would be saved. And what? Do, so we looked a little bit about the plan involved in that last week. But tonight it's going to be okay. What does that? What does that look like if all Israel were to get saved? Because this is so significant. Before I jump into that, though, uh, I just want to touch on a few basic facts. Because uh, when we say the Jewish people, some people think different things. Uh, and, and so just on a basic level, um, when we talk about the nation of Israel or its capital, Jerusalem, or the Jewish people, um, you know, we're, we're talking about like the state of Israel in the Middle East. It was uh, founded in uh, 1948, the modern state of Israel was. And uh, so it's 75-year anniversary. I don't know if they like, just, wait, it's May. So wait, no, May 14th. Okay, so about a week and a half, two weeks ago, they celebrated their 75th anniversary. So it's relatively, I mean, really young in terms of statehood. Uh, America's like two, someone help me with America, like, okay, 2023 minus 1776. What's that equal mathematicians? Like 280-ish? What's America now? Some, okay, we'll, we'll figure that out. But so America's in like the 200-something, and that's considered young compared to like, you know, Asian countries. But Israel's 75 in, in terms of, you know, modern statehood. This is a very young country. 
and it becoming a nation state out of nowhere after 2,000 years, that in and of itself is a sign and a wonder. That just does not – you don't become a nation and then and then not a nation for 2,000 years and then become a nation again. It was That was a miracle, and that's its own story. In fact, the Hebrew language did the same thing. It fell out of – it just wasn't used for nearly that entire time period, and now it's being used again. Another sign and a wonder – the Lord is is reviving aspects of the Jewish culture, and uh, you know Israel has uh, statehood again. And one day, Paul says, every Jewish person will know the Lord as their Savior. And we want to look at that tonight, real quickly. When we talk about the Jewish people, just basic facts: there's about seven to seven and a half million ethnic Jews living in Israel. Israel has a population of about 9 million people. It's not a very big country. Um, but interestingly, the same amount of Jewish people live in America. And so, in fact, this is interesting as I research this. The, the most Jewish place on earth is not in Israel, which is, which is interesting. Actually, it's in Brooklyn, New York City. There's a higher concentration of Jews in Brooklyn than in Jerusalem which actually shocked me when I, when I studied into this. So when we talk about the Jewish people, some people think Israel, but think America as well. There's a ton of Jewish people in America, and there are many in our own community. There are many that, uh, you know, I've worked with Jewish people. I have Jewish people in my extended family. And so this isn't just people out there. It's not just ancient Israel. It's not just biblical Israel. It's Israel is the Jewish people today that are on earth. And they're very significant in God's plan. So anyway, just wanted to share some of that uh, basic information so we kind of have a level set. Um, also, um, and, and again, just not knowing where everybody's at on this, um, there's about, these are estimates, no one really knows for sure, but of Jewish people that know Jesus as their Savior, there's about 350,000 people worldwide that would say, I'm a Messianic believer. And so that is an extremely small percentage. So out of 15 million globally, and there's Jews all over the world, but highest concentration, Israel and America. Sidebar, that's why countries like Iran, when they say we want to destroy Israel, they also say in the same breath, we want to destroy America as well. Why is that? Because it's the Jews. There are many, and not, not the Iranian people necessarily, but the Iran, Iranian Ayatollah and some of these uh, political leaders have just a demonic hatred toward the Jewish people. And uh, and so that that's a whole other side message. So I always was like, why do they say we're going to destroy Israel and America? Like, what? The link is the Jewish people. We have a very high concentration of Jews in America. And so, okay, all that being said, there's 15 million Jews, 350,000 know Jesus. And, of course, we know the stories of the Holocaust. We know the history. There's a lot that we can learn. But one day, Scripture says, every single one of them, I mean, I just can't fathom this, every single one of them is going to know Jesus, just like Paul did, just like John, just like Peter, every single one of them, just before the Lord returns, Scripture makes clear, they're going to receive their Messiah. They're going to acknowledge that Jesus Christ, 
2,000 years ago that is alive in the hearts of Gentile believers that we see that's provoking us, we're going to accept him. And when they do, it's going to be, I mean, I don't know if it's literally going to be 100%. Maybe it's going to be like 99.9. I, I mean, I, it just says all Israel will be saved. And so I, I just go, okay, it's all of them. But there's, there's going to come a point where they all, they all are in. And there's going to be, for the first time in history, a country where everybody's saved. And, and, and it's like, what in the world? And so we want to just talk a little bit about this because this is, you're not going to hear this too often. And so we want to just, let's focus on it. Again, this is all part of this 21-day prayer, prayer focus. And, and the Holy Spirit has just been pulling my heart into like this. You got to understand this. And we'll do a little Q&A at the end if I'm confusing you completely. So Jeremiah 31.1. Now Jeremiah 31 is significant because it speaks of the new covenant. Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 says, there's going to come a day where I'm going to make a new covenant with my people. Speaking of the new covenant we've entered into, okay, to receive Christ. And there, my, my law is going to be on their heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to be their God. And of course, uh, we know now retrospectively, it was speaking of the new covenant that's in Christ. They didn't know that at the time, but in Jeremiah 31, uh, it says in verse one, at the same time says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel. Look at the word all, not some, not most, all the families of Israel. That word all is, is significant as the word new covenant. There's a new covenant in Christ, and there's coming a time yet future beyond Babylonian captivity. There's never been a time where all Israel has known the Lord at this level. All of them are going to uh, uh, acknowledge, um, it says, and they shall be my people. This is what Paul spoke of in Romans 11. Uh, uh, 26, where he says, all Israel will be saved. The deliverer will come out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Just back up one line there. This is on the notes, Romans eleven twenty four. 24. Um, if the Gentiles were cut out of the olive tree, uh, which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more Will these who are natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree? What Paul is saying is, and we talked about this last week, those who have been broken off so that the Gentiles could be grafted into the plan of God will one day be grafted back in. God says, I can do that easily. If I could reach to a wild olive branch and graft them into the natural tree, how much easier could I just put the natural branch right back into the natural tree? And so Paul says that's going to happen. Uh, Romans eleven fifteen. Uh, if 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 Israel rejecting the Messiah again, I touched a lot on this last week. So if it's confusing, we'll clear it up at the end. If okay, so two thousand years ago, not every Jew rejected Christ, but but uh, on the whole. The, the vast majority rejected Christ. That's why he ended up on the cross. Okay, so we're clear on that. The, the vast majority of the nation of Israel and the Jewish people under Roman rule said, we don't want that man. He is not from God. And they crucified him. Okay, but that was God. That was all part of the plan. Paul is interpreting that, saying, 
if them being cast away meant the reconciling of the world, which means the gospel went to the Gentiles because of that, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So Paul's saying, what will if 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 the if the Jewish people rejecting Christ meant that the Gentiles got saved, what will happen when they get radically back in? It'll be life from the dead. Oh, I love this. Now let's look to the very words of Christ in Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Remember when he was coming into Jerusalem on a donkey? What they were saying was, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the Messiah that was prophesied in the Psalms. And then Jesus makes this crazy statement in Matthew 23. And he says, he says, Israel, you're not going to see me again until you say those words again. You're not going to see me for a second time until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, this might be going over your head. We'll try to clarify some of that. In other words, Jewish people, I came to die for you, but you rejected me. Again, this is all prophetic, but there's coming a day where I am going to come back. And before I come back, my people, the Jewish people are going to say, you're the Messiah that was prophesied in the Psalms. You're that Psalm 113 or 118, whatever one it was, I can't remember. You're that Messiah from, we accept you, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so Jesus was making a statement that they are going to accept him. Now, let's, if this is clear as mud, we're, we're going to hopefully un, un, unmuddy it a little bit. In my, in my view, the fact of Israel being saved at some point before the Lord returns, I think it's going to be very close to before he returns, I think that that has very strong scriptural grounds. I've tried to put just a few there, but this is what I ended with last week, is kind of the so what? So, so Paul, okay, is Israel going to get saved? Like, well, I don't, I'm just trying to live a Christian life. Why does that concern me? The so what is the next couple bullets that we're going to look at. If Jesus is not coming back until the Jewish people say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that's massively significant, but that we cannot miss this. Because if, if Jesus saying, I'm not returning for a second time, he, he didn't say, I'm, I'm waiting for revival in America. Or I'm waiting for the right Republican president or Democrat president. Or I'm waiting for this event or that event. He yokes his return to one people making one statement. The Jewish people saying Jesus is God. He doesn't say that about any other country or any other ethnic people. Although there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, every other people is very important and our role in it is clear according to Paul because there's a number of Gentiles and there's a number of Jews that are going to reach their fullness before he comes back and there's a lot to that. But he doesn't make this statement to any other people group and, and so it's important that we get this in our mind. Okay. Jesus said he's not returning. Until the Jewish people, until Israel says, we want you, essentially. Come back, Lord. 
And so how do we get them to say that? And Paul would say, well, you're going to start by loving them and praying for them, for them to get a revelation that that's, that man they killed 2,000 years ago, he was actually God and he's their Messiah. And that's going to take a miracle, but at some point, Scripture prophesies there's going to be a massive in, uh, uh, immigration from all over the earth, Jews returning to the Holy Land, and at some point, I don't know what it's going to look like, if it's going to be on TV or something, but at some point, in a very national, public way, 15 million Jews, if it happened today, or if it tarries a few years, it could be millions more, based on you know population levels, they're going to say, Jesus of Nazareth, we believe you're God. We devote our country to you. Something like that. Uh, it's not going to be forced conversion. It's not going to be like, okay, I'm the president. I believe Jesus is God. So 15 million people at the threat of death, you better get saved. It's not going to be anything like that. This will be in, uh, in, in you know, I, I believe there, that there will be a global conflict at play. I believe that there will be increased pressure on the Jewish people, and they will truly need a deliverer to come out of Zion. They will truly need a Messiah to save them from their enemies, and they will recognize it is Jesus, and he will physically come to rescue them. It won't be like a spiritual, okay, I'll wave my hand from heaven, and you'll be... He will physically return to Zion and say, I am your king, I'm here physically now, and I am going to uh, begin to rule and, may, and, and uh, administrate and protect. And that has many implications in that as well. And again, this is probably not the message you were coming hoping to hear, but this is, just, this is where the Lord has us. Um, <clears throat> and so the second coming of Christ... You know, some people have this like, okay, you know, here we are in America and we just want revival and come back, Lord. Totally disconnected from what the Bible actually says about it. We have to begin to orient our mind to, okay, what's the plan God wrote out? One of the pieces of that plan is the Jewish people in the land saying, Jesus, come back. Now, the Gentiles are going to say it too. We're going to say it. But Paul says, you're, you Gentiles saying it, you're going to actually provoke Jewish people because they're going to recognize, hey, that's our guy. I know, I know we, I know that there's this like thing where we put him to death, but now we believe he's God. And, and it, in all honesty, because most Jews on the earth aren't religiously conservative at all, I don't think it's going to be like they studied the Bible so much that they finally figured it out. No, it's just going to be by revelation. About about a, a solid half of Jews on the earth would say, I'm very liberal. Okay, that's about flatly. At least half are just ideologically liberal. And so they're not even, it's not that they're not thinking about Jesus, they're just not thinking about religion at all. Okay, they're just completely just living their life uh, as as they want. But there's going to come a point where even... Liberal, conservative, all the way across the spectrum, they're going to recognize Jesus Christ is their Messiah, and he he is uh, the you know the God of their fathers, and and all of that. Okay, so next point: the unprecedented revival among Jews. So so just imagine a time where like every Jew on earth gets saved. That's crazy to think, but that's going to happen. Um. That's linked 
that revival, excuse me, that's linked to a revival among Gentiles. And so there's this, if you follow it backward, okay, what has to happen for Jesus to return? Okay, before that, the Jews are going to cry out for him. Before that, there's evidently a huge revival of them getting saved. And then before, what's before that? It's a whole earth filled of perhaps billions of Christians saying, we are with the Jewish people. We love them. We actually serve the God uh, of their fathers. And we're going to say this to them. We're going to say, we, your God, you know, when we read about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we believe in that God. And so there's going to be this uh, growing, you know, it's not going to be that they're, uh, the, the Bible says that every nation will turn against them and things like that, but there's going to be this nation within nations called the church, us. We're going to say, we love you. We're going to pray for you. We're... Um, as the, the anti-Semitism gets more and more fierce, the church is going to say, we renounce that. We stand with the Jewish people. We renounce the hatred of, of Jews. We correct where in, in, in the past there have been profound theological errors, uh, even with very uh, noteworthy theologians in the past who have kind of facilitated a, a hostile view toward the Jews. We're going to repent of that. We're going to make amends. There's going to be so much of that uh, being made right. And they're going to, their eyes are going to go, oh, okay. I. And there's going to be a softening. But, but it's clear that, that people like us are going to be used by God to see the, the Jewish remnant come to know Christ. Now, now think of it just on a local level. Uh, my heart has been really stirred on this theme lately. So what did I do? I picked up the phone and I called the local rabbi, Rabbi Brenna. She is the rabbi of the largest Jewish congregation in our community. And I said, let's hang out. Let's talk. I want to learn about you and, 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 you know, how to support you and Come speak to some pastors. And, and, and so we, we talked. It was amazing. I haven't called someone in a long time who I didn't know, and they just picked up out of nowhere. And it was just like, oh, hey, you picked up. Wow, I didn't know if that happened anymore. And we just had a great conversation. And um, so she's going to come speak at something here, and we're going to just learn how to be friends and just support one another and, you know, just kind of get get to connect a little bit. But who knows what could come of that? I might learn the Bible better. She might, you know, learn some things and communities may interact. And who knows what turn, that turns into. I think that's what's going to happen more and more and more worldwide as, as the Holy Spirit turns our heart um, to kind of less apathy and mystery and more like, oh, these, these people are beloved of the Lord. Um, and so that was, so the second coming of the Lord's linked to it. Uh, revivals linked to it. I talk to people all the time who are like, I'm into revival. Oh, it's the only thing I really care about. Are you aware that the Jewish people are like massively involved in what you're thinking of? Have no idea. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's get this straight. You are into revival, but you're, you're, you're not seeing the verses connected to the Jewish people and them getting saved. And then the second coming and all these things, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's just, I, I just had a conversation this week 
Okay, this is quick sidebar, a rabbit trail, and then I'll get right back. I had a conversation this week, and I just began to pour out my heart to like, okay, here's all the things I'm getting stirred on. And it's the, when you start talking about the Jewish people, most people tune out like, that's weird. And I actually felt for a moment, that's what Jesus feels like. Oh my gosh, I never realized that. When most people hear the Israel thing and tune out, that's what the Lord feels like when people tune out of the Israel thing because he's into it. <laughs> and when we tune out of it, he's like, ah, oh, my heart has great zeal toward the Jewish people. There's, there's actually scriptures in the Bible where it says, I have exceeding zeal toward Jerusalem. They're the strongest superlatives in all of the Bible are used in relation to the Jewish people. And when we're like, eh, I'm not into that thing, then we're not into his heart. We're not into God because that's what he's into. He's, he's, he never says in the Bible, I'm zealous for America. I'm zealous for Germany and France and England. And he is into them in the way he, he loves the whole world, John 3, 16. But he specifically says, Jerusalem, Israel, the Jewish people, you are dear to me. We have history. I've led you all the way from the book of Genesis to this day. There's history there. And I'm coming for you. I will bring you back. I have not forsaken you permanently. You've gone through a lot because it's going to be really glorious. And, and I'll touch on that in a minute. And so some people, again... They're thinking, revival, signs and wonders, I want miracles. And Jesus goes, okay, it's don't just think of it in a vacuum. Think of it on my plan, on my terms. That's where it's heading. Okay, you've got the point there. Okay, so I think during this 21 days, more people are going to talk about this subject. And then it's just going to kind of domino effect. Others are going to kind of go, oh, I heard a message about Israel for the first time in my life. Wonder what's up with that? And more people are going to talk about it. And at some point, here's the here's the where I don't want to step on toes too hard. I love you all. At some point, replacement theology will be delivered a death blow because it's completely false. It will be totally annihilated by the Holy Spirit because the church has not superseded the the Jewish people. The church is going to provoke the Jewish people and they're going to step up to their calling as a, as a people, as a nation saved by Jesus and they're going to help take things to a whole other level. Because imagine this, imagine with me if a whole country gets saved. What, what happens? I mean, honestly, what happens if a whole city gets saved? Or a region? Or if a country gets saved, this is just imagining, this is bullet four under the verses here. Imagine with me a country where you've got leaders like Moses and Joshua. You've got prophetic and revelation like Daniel and his friends. You've got uh, people like Elijah and Elisha. You've got prophetic people like the prophets and the psalmists. Again, people aren't going to write the Bible. I'm not trying to get way out there, okay? This is, this is the Bible. This is the Word of God is, is set, okay? Whenever I mention something, people are like, well, prophets, I thought that was, 
No, there's there's going to be prophetic people. There's going to be psalmists like there was in, in King David's day. Uh, imagine people like Paul, like John, like Peter and James. So, you know, throughout biblical history, we see all these, you know, amazing men and women. Now imagine a whole country of them. That's where it's going. There's going to be an entire country of Daniel and his friends. An entire country of leaders like Joshua. An entire country of people ministering in the power that Paul and John and James and Peter. And that's going to be on earth. I mean, this isn't going to be something in, in a vacuum. And so when that's... Okay, so, let, so let's back up a little. You know what happened at Asbury recently, right? Everybody heard about the Asbury Revival. Okay, yeah, I finally pulled you back into some... Like, <laughs> I'm so out there tonight. Okay. If there's the slightest flicker of revival, people come from all over the world. I mean, they were lined up from like Kentucky to Illinois. It w I mean, because it was revival. Okay, and God, God bless that university for stewarding that so well. I mean, many of my dear friends went there and stood in line for hours and hours. And that was just a little flicker for a few weeks. Okay. Now, if there's a church, you know, that's seeing miracles a little bit more than usual, people come from all over the world. <laughs> okay. Now imagine not just a, a college campus at Asbury, not just a local church, a country from north to south, east to west, the entire populace is born again believers and there are prophetic, there are Daniels, there are Joshuas, there are Sauls of Tarsus that have been converted, former terrorists that now love Jesus and spread the gospel. An entire country, 15 million people if it happened today, anywhere you go, any shop, any place, there's prophetic anointing, there's worship, and it's just saturating the entire country. Okay? Imagine that. That's going to happen. That's where Paul says, that's where it's going. Okay, when that happens, there's not going to be a flicker of revival. There's not going to be little, you know, gold glory dust falling like in some churches. People hear of the glory dust, and they come from all over the world, and who knows if it was even real, you know, that kind of thing. But we're, and, and again, there's so many scriptures on this, I, didn't, I just didn't put them down. The glory of God that will be there will be unlike anything in history. And it will be such a powerful manifestation throughout the whole country. People will come from all over the world. And they will see anybody, anybody that they see in Israel. They will seek to grasp. There will be people from every side. I think the one verse says ten. Ten people will grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man and say, teach us about God. Because every single one of them will know the Lord. Every single one of them will be deep. Every single one of them will be, have, a, have a heart of a worshiper. It's just such a crazy thing to, to compute. But Paul says, Here's, this is where it's going. Wrap your mind around it. I just, I mean, even if just one city, I, always, I pray all the time, Lord, let, let central Illinois be like a revival city where... Almost everyone's saved. And that's like the biggest faith I have. And, and Jesus goes, oh, oh, little guy, I've got something planned. It's just going to melt your brain. If you can't even believe your city, how about a country full of 
Paul, John, Peter, James, prophets, psalmist, Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Moses, Joshua, all these guys, everybody that's in the hall of faith, that kind of faith, that kind of glory, and it's just how, and they're stewarding it. That's going to pull people from all over the world. I mean, this, this is crazy. And at some point, I don't fully understand all the dynamics. We're going to see Jesus come back to this people. And he's going to say, I love this city. So and he's going to dwell there as king. And it's going to transition to a new age. That's the millennium. The whole earth will be renewed. There will come a point at the end of the millennium where it's just Garden of Eden again. And we live forever and ever with God on a, on a renewed earth. And, and so there's just so much to this Israel thing. And so I want it to become less of a thing and more of, this is the normal gospel. Paul said that the gospel goes to the Jew first and the Gentile. I always wondered, what do you, are you playing favorites or something? And Paul's like, no, no, no. It's just, there's so much to it. The Jew first and then the Gentile, there's just so much interwoven. It's so important that there is even a priority. Jeremiah 31, I'm just going back to Jeremiah 31 because I started there. This is the chapter of Jeremiah where he speaks of the new covenant. And Jeremiah says it like this, there shall be a day, and, and this is, had a partial fulfillment in the Babylonian era, and will have a full fulfillment before the Lord returns again. There shall be a day when the watchmen will cry on Mount Ephraim, the watchmen will say, they're not looking for war anymore. They're going to say, let's go up to Zion, which speaks of Jerusalem, <coughs> to the Lord our God. In other words, there's going to come a day, Jeremiah says, there shall be a day, where they're going to say, go to Jerusalem, God's there. I mean, it's interesting when revival's there or miracles or signs and wonders are there. In Israel, they're going to say, go over there. God's there. God is like, what? This is going to happen. People are going to come from all over the world and they're going to, and again, I don't fully understand how this is going to work. But there's going to be, it, suffice it to say, there's going to be, God's going to be there. <laughs> this isn't just going to be the little stuff anymore. And this is all part of the plan to rescue and save as many as possible before he comes back and it's all said and done. Because like it says in that, in that Bible verse we teach all our kids, John 3.16, God does so love the world and he does not want any to perish. And at the time where there's the greatest conflict in the earth and the most people that have ever lived in history and the most hopelessness in some parts of the earth, and even though there's a thriving church in other parts of the earth, he is going to pull out every stop. He's going to do as much as he can without violating any free will to create a global environment for people to receive him at the highest level in history. And one of the pieces that's going to make that happen is there's going to be a Jewish people walking in love with their Messiah, manifesting the glory of God all throughout Israel, and it's going to touch the whole earth. 
and then Jesus is going to come back in some way, at some point in that. Let me say this last point here, and then we'll. I've probably gone way too long. Okay, my oh my watch. See, I blame it on my watch. It died. <laughs> That's how you know you went way too long. Israel does have an embattled future. Scripture makes clear there's going to be conflict. There's going to be war. There's going to be hatred against the Jewish people, but the church is going to stand against it. That was Germany's mistake in World War II. Germany thought, well, we're doing the world a favor. We're going to get rid of the Jews. The church within Germany had the chance to stand up and say, no, this is evil. Many acquiesced and said, you know what? I guess this is God's plan to, to purify the, the, the earth. We are not going to make that mistake again. And yet, history is going to try to do it again, but the church is going to stand firmly against that spirit that comes directly from Satan. Because Satan's trying to, to crush the Jewish people because they, he doesn't want them crying out for their Messiah. Okay, We're going to learn that lesson, and we're going to say, no, never again. Even right now, there's Holocaust deniers and there's all kinds of crazy talk. If that ever comes up, just, just with kindness, just say, hey, that's, that's ludicrous. That was a profound evil like nothing else in history. You can't, you can't say that. Okay? You, you just don't, don't become the YouTube conspiracy guy that denies the Holocaust. That, that, you'll lose all credibility instantly. But you'll also lose the opportunity to help Maybe someone will get clarity and go, oh, wow, that is, fa- uh, that, that is real. I, I thought, you know, I was tricked. But we, we, more than ever, people just need truth in love to help sift through the, the just tons of confusion out there. And I, I have uh, made it a point to regularly go see eye-to-eye Holocaust survivors give their testimony. It is horrifying. I've read books. I've done due diligence. I, and, and every year that passes, less and less are alive. I urge everyone here, if you have a chance to see a Holocaust survivor live, give their story. Please listen. Please stay late. Ask questions. It is absolutely life-changing to meet a person in real life that lived through that. Okay? Uh, six out of eight million European Jews were killed in the Holocaust. Six out of eight. Two out of every three. Two out of every three. I mean, it's just. And so uh, a book I recommend uh, to everyone on this subject, it's called From Broken Glass. Uh, uh, Just a gut-wrenching read uh, about what happened leading up to, um, you know, the the Holocaust and whatnot. Um, Israel has had a very difficult past and it will have a very difficult future, but it's it's going to make sense one day when every single one of them are calling on their Messiah and he comes back and the glory of God on this people and how they're going to steward uh, future uh, uh, redemptive history into the future. It's going to make sense because they have gone through great suffering, but it's going to lead to a great glory and it's going to lead to the glory of God on the Jewish people and Jew and Gentile in Christ is going to be like nothing. Oh, man. It's going to be... When, when there are uh, uh, like a revival among Jew and Gentile, Paul calls that like the one new man. 
when that's when that's going, good stuff is going to happen. That's just how I'm. That's the story. I'm sticking to it. Um, amen. I'll end right there. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org/teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org slash donate. That's gphop.org slash donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.